Hello everyone and welcome back to Bench Busted FPL. My name is Jack and as always, I am joined by Nick. Nick, how are you doing this week? How was your Christmas, more importantly? Oh, I'm doing great, Jack. It's nice to be back after a lot of <laughs> a lot of festive period with the family who um, I love them, but gosh, they can be uh, they can be tiresome at times. <laughs> Had a great Christmas. How, how are you doing? Yeah, not doing too bad. Like I say, I mean, Christmas was, again, you know, good for me as well. I uh, got to see the limited members of the family that I was able to see. Um, which is always nice, obviously, drinking way too much, eating far too much, um, as you do at Christmas time. And at the time, you know, you're looking forward to the Boxing Day fixtures, which have become, you know, a staple of the Premier League over over recent years. But certainly this year was a bit different because of, you know, the inevitable COVID postponements. I mean, there were still quite a few games going around, um, but there were those COVID postponements, namely the Liverpool game, which was postponed due to the uh, COVID outbreak in the Leeds camp. So I feel like a lot of FPL managers were bearing the brunt of that situation because a lot of FPL managers would have two or three uh, Liverpool players. Yourself and I both have all three of the you know big hitting players from that Liverpool side in Salah, Trent and Diego Jota. And it did prompt, I wouldn't say a mass exodus, but it did prompt a lot of FPL managers to go with selling the likes of Mo Salah because, of course, the African Cup of Nations is just around the corner as well and and so far that is still going ahead. So I think a lot of FPL managers are trying to get ahead of the curve in terms of selling Salah. They played against Leicester and then they've got Chelsea uh, in this upcoming game week. So I feel like a lot of FPL managers were trying to get ahead of Salah's price drop, which was inevitably going to happen. So, yeah, you know, it's, again, festive fixtures coming thick and fast and COVID rearing its ugly head as it has done over the last couple of weeks, couple of months even of the FPL season. So it's it's one of those things that you just have to sort of navigate as well as you can. I think FPL realised, you know, with all of the postponements that have been going on, they, they realised that it's being a bit more difficult for FPL managers so they did of course give everyone a second free hit chip I think that that was really the only thing that they could do and I think it was a sensible thing to do um, you and I both used our free hit chip going into game week 19 which feels like forever ago now but uh, yeah it, it sort of worked out well for both of us didn't it oh Jack it, saying it worked out well is an understatement I think we played absolute storming free hits <laughs> I know that our teams are quite similar um, and we actually ended up scoring the same but boy we nailed it there was a couple of sure we captained Ronaldo and he only scored one point that's a bit of a shame we, we still had Reese James the absolute troll in our, in our teams <laughs> and, and I had Foden I don't think you had Foden but boy we nailed some of the picks um I had Mares. you had Kevin De Bruyne, they both did very well in their City games. But we got all three of the Arsenal players who got bonus points in our teams. You got Tierney for 13, Lacazette for 11 and Saka for 16. And I think that was reason enough to absolutely to, to play the free hit because you want Arsenal players for the Norwich game, but you don't want them for any of the other games, uh, including their blanks that are coming up. And, um, oh, Jack, I'm still really, I'm still really happy about how well the the free hit went to be honest yeah as you say I mean 40 points from no free players combined was absolutely insane I remember messaging you throughout the day on on boxing day you know 
large investment with that Arsenal side. We both made moves to try and bring in some City players after watching, you know, the way that Leicester have been playing recently. And, and we thought that, you know, targeting that Leicester defence, as it were, with some of the City attackers would be good for us. And, and as you say, you know, I think it was Mahrez and Foden scored the same amount of points as it was KDB and Bowen. So that was where sort of our differentials between our teams were. Uh, as you say, Rhys James, I mean, look, any other day that deflected ball goes over the top of the goal or, or Edouard Mende gets a hand to it and it's no big deal and Chelsea would, would have kept the clean sheet and Rhys James would be on for that clean sheet point as well. So it's uh, it's just what it is. I mean, I think that United game was... Look, I don't want to sound like Roy Keane or Gary Neville here, but honestly, I don't know what's going on with that United side. I think that the players' attitude is... They've had a change in manager. You normally expect that new manager bounced. Obviously, he's trying to implement that new system on the side as well. Uh, I just think that that United side and the senior players in that team, the attitude that they are bringing when they're on the pitch is is poor. Um, I think, you know, you look at it and you look at that Newcastle side and credit where credit's due, they deserved to get at least a point from that game, if not all three. Um, I think that Ronaldo was lacklustre. We both captained him because why wouldn't you captain a, uh, you know, a United player playing against a Newcastle side who have been conceding quite a few goals this season. So it is what it is. Um, as you say, I'm, I'm quite happy to, to take the 77 points from the three here. I mean, obviously with the doubles and stuff that are inevitable, that would be a more favourable time to play a free hit. But I think in, in the situation, uh, I had five or six players missing from my team um, due to COVID postponements and whatever. I think that it was the perfect time to, to pull the trigger. And the fact that FPL... Gave us a second free hit as well uh, to help navigate some of the upcoming double game weeks and and any other further postponements that do happen in the future. I think it was uh, definitely a prime opportunity to do so. And and as you say, it worked out in the end for for the both of us. Um, I won't spend too much time talking about game week 19 because game week 20, uh, we are still in the midst of game week 20. Obviously, as I say, festive fixtures coming thick and fast as they always do when we get to the sort of December period. But yeah, it's uh, from the highs of game week 19. It's uh, It's been average, shall we say, in game week 20. Some games being called off. I know you decided to make a, a transfer to your side. I wanted to just hold my transfers. I knew that the Aston Villa boys in Watkins and Martinez weren't going to be playing, but I thought, you know what, I don't want to... I could have spent a transfer uh, taking out Martinez and bringing in any other goalkeeper if I wanted to, but I, I just wanted to keep Martinez in there and, and save my transfer for this week. And as I say, double game week's potentially just around the corner. We've not had anything confirmed yet, but it's looking likely that game week 21, game week 22 is going to be when the doubles are going to start coming into play. And, and I just wanted to make sure that I was in a position where I could potentially set up my team uh, well enough to, to tackle the doubles but I ended on 30 points I don't have any involvement in the final game that is taking place this evening the the United versus Burnley game so I don't have any involvement uh, in that game I know that you've still got Diego Dallo left to play but I'm 30 points all out which currently at the moment is just above the average I am a bit wary of Ronaldo coming into effect I know that he didn't look good at Newcastle but Ronaldo on his day can score two goals and, you know, pick up a double digit haul easily. So I am keeping my fingers and toes crossed that he doesn't return and, and he continues on his miserable run of form. I know that, as I say, you are hoping for Diego Dallo points to hopefully outscore me. But how did your uh, how did your game weekend up? 
Well, it's it's a similar story, Jack. I'm, I'm bang on the average at the moment. If you include the substitute I've got on my bench, who's coming on for uh, Watkins, who obviously didn't play, didn't have a game. I'm a bit... Yeah, I've got Dallow to play. I think I might finish ahead of you. I'm quite confident. Um, I So you talked about United being bad, and obviously the United game is the only game left to play. It's, it's, it's the only game that potentially can push me slightly above you for this week, which would be very nice because I very rarely finish above you. Um, and obviously I captain Salah for his disaster of, of a week. But um, I watched United versus Norwich, which seems like an age ago now. Watch some of United versus Newcastle. I think... It's never been more obvious that they can't pass the football. It's it's really strange that they misplace so many passes. And it might be that for the last couple of years, Ollie's gone in and he's like, hey guys, just have a really fun time and try. But you can see that Rangnick is, is he's telling them to play football. He's trying to get them to pass. And at the moment, they can't. And I think it's a matter of time before things start to click and players who can pass the ball, looking at Donny van der Beek, looking at Sancho, looking at the quality players that they've got in over the last couple of years who haven't had that trained out of them effectively. Those sorts of players could actually end up being quite good and, and it could be that United click and and I don't think Ronaldo will be part of that. Um, tonight, I think Burnley will struggle to score and United will probably also struggle to score because they just, what are they going to do? Cross it a million times into Ben Mee and Tarkowski or whoever plays at centre-back for Burnley tonight. It's not going to be likely, is it? Especially when they can't actually do any other stuff. So I'm thinking maybe a nil-nil. I'd love that. That seems like Dalot. Three bonus points for a bunch of crosses. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it, mate. I'll take it. Um, otherwise, yeah, disaster of a game week. It's such a shame as well because we, we played our free hit last week to keep Salah for the Leicester game because Leicester looked poor as well, which is very, very good for us. And... He's, he's missed a penalty in the Leicester game. He's not scored a couple of chances where usually you'd expect him to get some sort of return in the game. It's it's just a bit unlucky. And in the end, it's cost us like 20 points, more more than 20 points. And and it's the, it's the reason we've had a bad game week. Um, and it's decisions like that where I think we were right. I think we we're right to do what we did and we've just been unlucky. But um, looking forward now, it's all about what we're going to do with Salah, what we're going to do with the Chelsea players that we have as well, because they've got two blanks coming up. And and I'm sure you'll be keen to elaborate on this. What we're going to do with all of these rumoured blank game weeks, single game weeks, double game weeks, and maybe even triple game weeks that, that could be announced almost immediately before game the game week starts, um, which is all quite daunting, I think. Yeah, I think, as you say, you know, Salah captaincy, I think, was the right thing to do if you had Salah, I think seeing the way that Leicester played, as, as we say, against uh, City, you know, I mean, fair play to them. They go 4-0 down at half-time and then they come out in the second half and go all guns blazing, really trying to bring things back on level terms. They managed to pull it back to 4-3 and then City just get a couple more goals to, to really put the uh, final nail in the coffin, as it were. I do think that, as you say, you know, Salah, any other day of the week, he scores that penalty. Uh, any other day of the week, you know, he puts uh, a goal or two on a plate for any of the other players around him, maybe even picks up another goal himself. So I think on, on paper, when you look at it, yes, he missed a penalty and, you know, you'll have those people saying, oh, yeah, it was the right thing to do to get rid of Salah, which, you know, obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing. And if you would have gotten rid of Salah for Son, say, then, you know, you would have been laughing. But I think on paper, when you're looking at it, and, and the way that Salah played in that game, he was unlucky not to get a return. I think what makes it, again, what rubbed salt into the wounds was, of course, Leicester scoring halfway through the second half, really. And, and that really just, again, added insult to injury. Uh, you keep the Liverpool 
players in your side and, and out of the three players, you get four points from them. Um, so it wasn't to be. It is what it is. It's just variance, I guess. You know, it's just un- unlucky from people who own those Liverpool players. But as you say, I think Salah, certainly when I think that he has the Chelsea game before he then goes off to African Cup of Nations to play for Egypt, I think, you know, Liverpool will find themselves, of course, without the likes of Salah and Mane in their side. So it's going to be tough for Liverpool going forward, although I think that they do have, after the Chelsea game, they do have a decent run of fixtures. So potentially they should be able to navigate that fairly well. And of course, they they may have a double game week coming up as well. You mentioned it in talking as well. The Chelsea games uh, or the Chelsea players that we have in our sides, uh, I certainly own two of them at the moment, Rhys James and, and Mason Mount. And I think that both of us going into the games yesterday were hoping for for Mason Mount, who at the moment seems to be a, a, a quite a massive differential in our sides. We were both hoping for him to potentially do the business for us, but it, it wasn't to be. I mean, he got an assist for the Lukaku goal. And yeah, I mean, I personally didn't watch the game, but yeah, as you say, Chelsea defensively over the last month really haven't haven't been great again another thing that you can throw into the hat as well is the fact that Rhys James was substituted off before the half hour mark with a suspected hamstring injury we've not had any update on that but he is owned by 35% of the game at the moment and I feel like a lot of FPL managers are going to be you know in that sticky situation now where they they've had the three players you know one Chelsea defender or maybe both of the Chelsea fullbacks, maybe one of the Liverpool fullbacks and, and a City defender. And now they're going to have to decide, do they want to keep Rhys James or, or get rid of him? I think for me, it's a sell, even if we don't know how long he's going to be out for. But I think that the Chelsea defence at the moment as well is just not not good. Um, and, I, and I think that it's a prime opportunity to get rid of the Chelsea defender. Although, as I say, they do have some better fixtures on the horizon, but they do have some blanks and, and the next three fixtures Liverpool, City and Tottenham I'd be willing to bet that maybe they could keep one clean sheet if they're lucky in, in those three games with the way that the other teams have been playing so yeah it's I think if you have Chelsea assets now is a, a prime opportunity to get to get rid of them um, I am looking at potentially moving one or, or both of them out and, and trying to you know move my, move the funds around in my team to to make moves for some of the other players who are doing well a player who you brought into your side this week, uh, and Son picking up another assist. Um, although Spurs struggling to to win against the Southampton side, who were reduced to ten men for you know the majority of that game. So I think Spurs, and I think that Kane and Son certainly, when you look at it from a double game week perspective, they have got quite a few postponed games that they needed to catch up on. And I think that they are at the moment they're in that position where you can target the Spurs fixtures. Yes, they've got Chelsea. Uh, or, or they've got Arsenal and Chelsea in, in a couple of weeks. But I think that with the doubles just around the corner, there is opportunity to ditch some of the Chelsea players for potentially Spurs assets. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and on that note, by the way, the doubles, the blanks, um, the spreadsheet in general, if you look at it from Ben Krellin, it's a car crash of colour. It's very, very hard to read it and understand what's going on. Um, I had a look at it. Uh, I think to summarise it, There are potential doubles in 21. There are potential doubles in 22. A lot of these potential doubles, a lot of these potential doubles are basically the same fixtures. So um, on his spreadsheet, for example, he has like Man United might get a double against Brentford or Brighton in 21, but more likely in 22, stuff like that. And the headlines are that Man City do not have double game weeks coming up. Um, He hasn't even given them any odds. It's just Man City will have one we'll have single fixtures in both game weeks. Spurs probably 
likely to to fit in a double. Um, United likely to fit in a double. I think those are the teams that matter the most. Leicester potentially a double or, or a double double. Uh, Burnley potentially a double double, and Watford potentially a double double. Otherwise, it's a bit of a it's 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 a bit potluck. <laughs> Otherwise, it's a bit much. It's a bit like you, you, you're just guessing. I don't think, for me at least, um, I have the capacity or the ability to get in Burnley players or Watford players. <laughs> and it's a shame because Watford seem to be popping off. Dennis and King, who got another assist slash goal combination between the two of them this week, they look like quite good picks. And they have some very, very good fixtures coming up after their potential double-doubles as well, where they've got Norwich, West Ham, Brighton, Villa. Um, very good sort of set of games. If I had the funds, if I had the time, if I wanted to use my wild card, maybe um, I'd consider it. But at the moment, not touching it, wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. I think the other team to be careful of or to look out for who might be worth sort of investing in, um, who could have two doubles, uh, almost certainly will get a double if Ben is close to correct. And obviously he usually is, um, is Leicester, who have Norwich coming up in this game week and then... It could be a double with Everton. It could be that they don't and, and then next week they play Burnley and then Tottenham or Everton. Loads going on there, but effectively got a lot of good fixtures in in those potential ones that are lined up. And if I'm considering taking a hit, we, we talked, you, you mentioned the Chelsea lads. If we're considering taking that hit and getting rid of Mount, I think surely there's a Leicester midfielder who looks juicy, especially for a Norwich game and... Well, we've not seen Burnley play in almost a month now, but a Burnley game as well that that could be could be quite good, could be quite good differential as well. So I'm keeping an eye on that. I've sort of tried to summarise what's going on here. It's madness, Jack. Have you been able to make any sense of this? Talk about hitting a nail on the head, mate. I mean, it's it is all up in the air at the moment. I think, as you say, the only real confirmation that we have is that City are you know at the moment the only confirmed team who are not gonna have a double game week in, in the near future. So it is difficult to try and keep on top of. I think, yeah, as you say, credit to Ben Krellin for, for doing this. He, he's done it for a number of years. And I think that a lot of the FPL community really does use his resource as a, you know, as a Bible, as it were, when it when it comes to trying to plan their transfers for the double game weeks. And as as we say, you know, double game weeks are, you know, they, they can be the make or break of your season. If, if you nail the players in your team who have got decent, double game week fixtures and then have a good run of fixtures following on from that then it does you know it, it can put you in good stead going into the second half of the season so it's one of those things that you just got to keep your I guess your ear to the ground and, and hope for the best and maybe just again hold off on making transfers until maybe we do get any any potential information on, on double game weeks I think Ben put out a tweet saying that he expects to hear information uh, about any potential uh, double game week fixtures for game week 21 slash 22 about 18 hours or so before the game week 21 deadline which is of course uh, this coming Saturday at 11 o'clock in the morning so I think again you just have to keep your ear to the ground make sure that you're you know staying up to date on social media again you need to be looking at teams who not only double at the moment but also don't have a potential blank game week around the corner as well because a lot of managers will probably look at the doubles and target the doubles and potentially bring in some players from teams who are going to be blanking uh, in the near future as well so as a whole you know 
at the moment, I think Chelsea players are an avoid. Um, I think even if you have any of their defenders, I think, you know, the fixtures that they've got coming up are, are tough. Um, I think City players are interesting. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what a lot of FPL managers do with their City players. Because as we say, they're, they're really the only team at the moment who are confirmed as not having a double game week, although they are Manchester City. So it's one of those weird situations where you want to have your team full of people who are going to play twice and get you more points, uh, hopefully, in, in your team. But you also don't want to be a bit rash and get rid of players from the best side in the league at the moment. Uh, so, yes, they play Arsenal and Chelsea in their next couple of games, but I don't think that there's any reason to warrant getting rid of any of the uh, City players just at the moment. I think, for me, I do still have that Bernardo Silva issue. Um, he's not been involved in any of their last 18 goals that they've scored in the league over the last four games. So it is what it is. I mean, I've got other fires that I want, or not fires, I've got other issues in the team that I want to address. And, you know, I want to move my funds around effectively to, to you know, put myself in good shape for the upcoming double game weeks when we get information, if we get information about them. But I think Bernardo Silva is an issue for me, um, just not performing as well as some of the other Man City lads in that side. But I mean, to be fair, I was down at the Brentford game uh, last night and credit where credit's due Brentford were they, Brentford played okay they kept Man City out obviously City ran away winners uh, 1-0 in the end after Foden scored uh, from a fantastic cross from KDB which was a judge to be just uh, onside again you know very fine margins similar to the Harry Kane goal that was ruled out in their game against Southampton but it is what it is I think Brentford put up a, a fantastic display I think the fans really you know, got them over the line and, and in terms of, you know, only keeping it to one goal because I was going into that game, I, I was fully expecting, you know, City to run away 3-4-5-0 uh, with the way that they've been playing and they did put out a relatively strong side. I mean, any City side really is a strong side, but I think that the Brentford fans were willing them over the line and, and you know, Brentford did have their chances and, and they had multiple free kicks in and around the uh, penalty area, but... They just weren't able to make anything of it. And the chances that Brentford had, they they squandered. Again, City scored from a fast break when Brentford had a shot on target cleared off the line by, by Cancelo. I think Cancelo was very lucky not to get a yellow card. There were no yellow cards in that game, although there were a lot of tackles flying in from, from both sides um, and a lot of uh, Man City players falling on the floor, uh, writhing around in pain for whatever reason. Something about a £100 million price tag uh, comes to mind, but it is what it is. I think that Brentford played well. I think the way that Brentford play at the moment, the goalkeeper distribution is just not there. They, they played a long ball up to Tony. Nine times out of ten, it will go. Straight, it went straight to a City player, and then on that odd occasion that it that Tony would win that first ball, there was no one there to back him up to try and win that second ball. So it is what it is. I think any other day City would have ran away with with that game. Um, but again, you know, Brentford played played well defensively. Goalkeeper made a good few saves in the second half, but I think you know City squandered. The chances that they had as well to to take it out of reach for that Brentford side. So yeah, I, I it's a difficult situation. I think Brentford coming the end of the season will still be okay. I think City again, as I say, I still think you want to have a few City players in your side, despite the fact that they're not going to be doubling. Um, but again, from an, an attacking perspective, it is just about trying to nail down who is going to be the most consistent starter in that side. And, and aside from KDB, who I think. Uh, a lot of FPL managers 
will potentially be looking to as a potential Salah replacement uh, in the coming weeks, I would definitely you know suggest going with the likes of, of Phil Foden because I think that Pep likes him. He's definitely come into his own uh, this season in, in the Premier League and you know the last couple of seasons he was used as a bit of a, a bit part player but I think that Pep Guardiola has that faith in him now and uh, I mean you decided for, for whatever reason to, to get rid of him out of your team oh you're killing me Jack you're killing me <laughs> you did bring in Hyung Min Son of course so I guess you know you, you did still get some points from from Son but uh, yeah I think that Phil Foden is is the Man City attacker that I'd be looking at if it, if I wasn't to have KDB in my side. Oh, I don't I don't think I'm looking at a Man City attacker to be honest. Uh, you can see from the moves I made to get rid of Phil Foden, I don't think it's worth the heartache. That's that they all score points when they win five or six nil or seven nil or whatever. They all score points, but when they win one nil, obviously there can only be one goal and one assist, and and obviously that will be a common result for them. You're not. You have to win the lottery that your player starts and then you have to win the lottery that they're involved in the goal. And I think KDB might be worth it for the premium because I think he's less likely of a lottery. Like He's he's not really a lottery. He will start games. But I think Foden, Sterling, Mares is going to be away, which is nice for the for, for that, I suppose. But but all of these, Jesus, there's, there's too many players, Bernardo. There's too many players that are competing for these spots and ultimately won't all score every single game. Um, they're going to have some tough fixtures in the future. It's it's not it's not worth it for me. Um, whereas you can pick someone like Jota, who you know now is going to start every single game for the next couple of weeks. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer to me to, to have or Son, who you know is going to start every single game and even has doubles potentially coming up. My My biggest problem is that we just don't have enough transfers, Jack. <laughs> um, I've I've already made one this week. I've already gone from from James to Regulon because, although yeah, keep your ear to the ground. I I think my strategy is to look at the odds as they are now, take that as the best sort of the best chance of anything happening, and just to make moves, assuming that some of this will probably come true. Some of these doubles will materialise after I've made my moves, and just and just hope for the best. In an ideal world for me, Jack. I would love for game week 21 doubles to be announced after the game week 21 deadline because it would mean that all of these all of the people who wait until the last minute would get sort of messed up and and honestly I I like to wait Jack but I couldn't hack it after James is his last couple of weeks I was like you're done son you're done you're out of the team um it would mean that 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 would get sort of messed up that the planning would be messed up people wouldn't be playing their free hits because they wouldn't know what was going to happen and I think my team is actually set up really well for the proposed doubles. I mean, I've got Martinez, I've got Watkins. Aston Villa look likely to get a double, maybe even in game week 21. I've got a couple of Spurs players. I've got Liverpool players who will have a potential double in 22. I mean, I'm doing all right. So so it would probably benefit me quite a lot for, for these things to get announced after the deadline because I've almost set my team up in a way where I've paid attention to what's likely to happen and already look sort of set in a good way. And I'm hoping that that could materialise as some sort of advantage for me. So I don't know, having a good old time here. I just wish I had more transfers to get rid of Mount and Salah and to deal with some of these issues, maybe even experiment with, if I had free transfers, I might consider getting rid of Cancelo for a couple of game weeks to get in double players and then bring him back at the end. But um, 
I do not have, <laughs> do not have the transfers to do that. So I, I like the chaos. I think the chaos is a good opportunity to sort of do some forward planning, to make some transfers with, with doubles in mind and to hopefully climb ranks when, as we see time and time again, FPL Towers make decisions or screw players up um, in ways that you just sort of don't expect because not only could they announce things very, very late on, like the way that they've been announcing games already, that like the way that they may mess with us and announce the doubles super late, but they've also been, and I loved this, and I know you loved this too, being responsible for some players getting very angry when just before the deadline, their website crashed um, quite recently and people weren't able to play their free hits and, and make their transfers or change their captains. And it caused absolute chaos, absolute chaos um, in, in the FPL community, on Twitter, on Reddit, on the socials. And, oh, I don't know. I love that so much. People who had waited until the very last minute, the people who care the most, because they're the people who do wait until the last minute, got um, got a little bit, got got into trouble, got into some real trouble. And, and I don't know. What did you make of that? I, I mean, look, I, I think... Looking from the outside in, obviously it was, you know, you sort of see the funny side from it. Um, I think, you know, the, I think the reason why a lot of people were outraged by it was the fact that over the last couple of weeks with with the COVID postponements, you know, the F- FPL social media accounts have been saying, you know, hold on to your transfers till the last moment. You never know if there's going to be another COVID postponement, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, a few weeks later, people hold on to their transfers waiting for team news or whatever it was. And... And then the, the the website crashes. I think it was you know twenty seven minutes past one, um, with the deadline being at half past one uh, on on Boxing Day. I mean, I, I had my free hit secured in place uh, about ten minutes before the deadline because I was like, you know what, if I'm not going to get any team news now, I probably won't get any before the deadline because I think that ten minute period is like that sort of ten minute grace period, as it were, where you just don't hear anything about fantasy football. And and again, you know, being with family and stuff, I sort of wanted to take my mind off of it. Um, before the games actually started as well so I sort of just locked in my free hit team put my phone down and, and, and moved on with my day but I know that certainly if I was in that position uh, and it happened to me I would certainly be annoyed as well uh, you know you, you you spend all your time sort of planning a free hit team and, and, and then when you come to lock try to lock it in when the, uh, the, the, the website crashes and you're left with you know, essentially a skeleton side because you haven't been able to to lock in your side and you haven't even been able to potentially change your captain's armband. So it might have just been stuck on, you know, you might you might have been one of the people who would have had their armband on the likes of Salah and the vice captain's armband on Jota, say, and, and you just don't have your captaincy points in, in that week because, they, of course, they weren't playing. So I can understand the frustrations. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think certainly now there's going to be a more cautious approach from a lot of people in terms of making their transfers. And I think that a lot more people are going to be making their transfers, not early, but certainly earlier than, you know, five minutes before the deadline for any given game week. So again, it just throws in added extra spice into the season uh, that is already quite spicy. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see if that ever does happen again in the future. But as you say, transfers are definitely a, a, a key a key topic uh, for discussion, I think, um, as I said earlier, you know, FPL giving us an, another free hit, I think, was was quite nice of them. You know, a nice little Christmas gift from them with all of the postponements. Um, I obviously, as I mentioned earlier, didn't make a transfer uh, going into Game Week 20. So I do have two free transfers going into Game Week 21. I know that the deadline is on New Year's Day. I am going to be, you know, 
I will, of course, be drinking on New Year's Eve, um, which will, you know, hopefully wake up on New Year's Day before the deadline and, and don't get screwed over by by alcohol as opposed to the FPL website. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm going to be holding off, uh, make some transfers on the morning of New Year's Day. Again, hopefully we might know some news about any double game weeks that, that are going to be confirmed and locked in place. As you say, I've got... I've got a pretty decent side in terms of when you look at the double game weeks that are on the horizon, there are potential teams that you can uh, target and, and and I've got a, a few players from teams that will be uh, having doubles as well. I think the Reese James issue, again, I mean, Reese James to Reguillon does sound like one of the best moves that I think a lot of people have been making. I think if you want to save a bit more money, could go for the likes of one of the Brighton defenders, namely Tarek Lamptey or, or Mark Cucurella. Uh, who I think have been good over the last couple of weeks that they have been playing. Although, as I say, Brighton will be blanking in game week 24 as well. So just bear that in mind that you are going to have to have a uh, a player who doesn't blank in game week 24 to to take over from Tariq Lamptey. So, yeah, I, I think the Chelsea boys are the main two players that I am looking to, to get rid of. I'm looking at either getting rid of Dennis or Antonio, um, obviously, uh, Emmanuel Dennis has been called up uh, to Nigeria for the African Cup of Nations. As good as he has been for for Watford this season, he's going to be unavailable for for a couple of games. If, of course, he gets to go, he gets to go ahead from uh, the likes of uh, Watford to actually go away and play for Nigeria in that competition. So, again, I think for a lot of FPL managers, I think it would probably be a a straight switch from Dennis to maybe the likes of uh, Josh King. Without the likes of Dennis in that side, when they've got Newcastle and Norwich in two of their next three games, uh, you'd like to think that you know the likes of Josh King could pick up some good attacking returns against those sides. Again, it will give us a chance to assess whether or not Watford are actually any good without the likes of, of Dennis playing up top alongside Josh King um, because I think that those two have been fantastic this year under the likes of... Um, Claudio Ranieri so you know it's a uh, it's going to be an interesting time um, I am looking at potentially dropping Antonio as well although I do know that West Ham have a decent run of fixtures coming up and and again they are one of the teams that will potentially double in in game week 22 and again they will be doubling against uh, Norwich who were the game that they missed out on earlier in the season so you don't really want to miss out on Antonio against Norwich. I, I just think that there are other assets in that West Ham side who are potentially worth looking at a bit more. The likes of Bowen, who I did have in my free hit team, um, but then completely overlooked going into this week. But again, you know, it's just that sort of variance. And, uh, you know, Bowen has arguably been West Ham's best player this season. Um, and, and I think that the, the positions that he finds himself in and the fact that at times, you know, with Antonio being prone to injury, as we know he is, there is that uh, potential for Bowen to take up the mantle as that false number nine, although he doesn't perhaps output as, as well as he perhaps should when he's playing up there on his own without the likes of Antonio there. But I do think that Bowen is looking like the more attractive uh, West Ham asset to own as opposed to, to Antonio. But yeah. I've got two free transfers looking at trying to bring in Son into the team. I do want to maybe keep Salah for his final game that he'll play against Chelsea, then look to to potentially offload him uh, again to a player who might be be doubling. It's good that I've got two free transfers, but 
It never, it never really feels like enough. Ain't that right? Ain't that right? I'm surprised. I'm surprised you haven't just made moves um, and that you're being patient and waiting, Jack. I like that. That's good. It's good preparation. Whereas I'm just out here like, get out of my team, James. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I, I feel you. I feel you. I really, I'd really like it to be easier. Um, but everyone has the same problems as well, and that's what's worth remembering. Every single person has Salah or. Oh, that's worth thinking about has Salah or is, is doing something with Salah um, is looking and struggling for premiums is struggling for transfers probably has a lot of Chelsea defenders or Chelsea players like everyone else is struggling too and this is a good opportunity for uh, for climbing the ranks for for making shrewd moves for triple captaining Jota in game week 22 I don't know but for doing some some good stuff to to get up by the way thinking about that Jota could be a good triple captain option in game week 22, if a double game week appears um, as someone who will almost certainly play as the focal point or as the main man alongside perhaps Firmino in that Liverpool front three against fixtures that could end up being Brentford and Leeds both at home. It'd be nuts. It'd be absolutely something that we'd have to consider. We're so far away and we only have, we have so few transfers before we get there that um, anything could happen and, and anything probably will happen to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about some of the upcoming fixtures. I mean, you know, New Year's Day, the first game of game week 21, Arsenal versus Man City. I think, you know, Arsenal would have had a rest um, after their uh, fixture did get postponed. And I think, you know, in a similar way to us being hit with, you know, the Liverpool postponement, I think a lot of FPL managers were hit with the Arsenal postponement with the likes of, you know, Aaron Ramsdale being a a main feature for a lot of FBL sides uh, not not uh, not playing uh, in the game we've just gone. And, and of course, you know, the likes of Saka, Emil Smith-Rowe, Lacazette, finding themselves in some FBL managers' teams as well um, after the chaos of, of last week. I think that that's going to be a, a fantastic game to watch. I think Arsenal very much in the ascendancy um, in terms of the way that they're playing under Mikel Arteta at the moment. They find themselves in fourth spot having overtaken West Ham. And I think that it's uh, it's it's refreshing to see Arsenal doing well again after you know their their sort of poor start to the season as it were. Um, I think obviously Arteta is not going to be in attendance to the game because I believe he has tested positive for COVID. But there's absolutely no reason why Arsenal can't give City a good game at the Emirates. I think City on their day can be as ruthless as as anyone really. So I, I think that they are again. It's going to be a good game. Leicester Norwich. As you mentioned earlier, you know, looking at some of the Leicester assets, I think if we get news about James Madison potentially being okay um, and, and is going to be playing this game, then I think that he is that go-to player that, you know, if, if you want to have someone who is probably still going to be a bit of a differential, um, if you want to have him in your side, then again, you know, you want to target teams who have been who have been poor this season namely Newcastle and Norwich and, and of course Burnley you can throw them into the mix as well although as you say they haven't played a game for what feels like yeah a month or so but yeah you know that Norwich side are, are, are there for the taking and I think that James Madison if he's fit he can certainly have a have a field day as it were um, you know Watford hosts Spurs Crystal Palace against West Ham um, which again you know give us another opportunity to see whether or not uh Jared Bowen is the player to 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 pick. Uh, Brentford host Villa on on Sunday, along with Everton. 
who are, who are potentially going to be hosting Brighton. Again, I know that Everton have got some injuries slash COVID concerns as well as uh, Newcastle, which means that their game this evening can't go ahead. Um, Leeds are allegedly meant to be playing Burnley again. Who knows what's going to happen with that Leeds side if they have players fit? Because of course their their game uh, against uh, their, their game against Liverpool was was called off. Uh, Southampton will host Newcastle, which again I think is a you know certainly for Newcastle it's a a big game. And then of course the, the final game on on the Sunday is Chelsea versus Liverpool, which again a lot of FPL managers find themselves in a situation where they maybe own one or two Chelsea players, they maybe own two or three Liverpool players, and. They know that the likes of Salah are going to be going off to AFCON. This is perhaps his last hurrah before he does go off to the African Cup of Nations. Salah's last hurrah. Well, before he goes, that's before he goes off to the AFCON, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> but um, I, I think I will probably keep Salah for this game. Um, I know that Salah loves to loves to pop up in in bigger games and, and score a goal or two so I'll be hoping again given Chelsea's frailties at the back and, and the way that Chelsea have been defending over recent weeks and being unable to keep clean sheets certainly yeah over the last four or five weeks then I think that Liverpool could get in there and, and, and grab a few goals in that game and again you know having the likes of Jota as well having Trent in that side of course Lukaku looks like he's back and, and raring to go for that Chelsea side now so I think that they will have a bit of a challenge on their hands, but I think that it's good that uh, Virgil van Dijk is back just in time to to help uh, Liverpool cope with that Lukaku threat. And then, of course, the final game of Game Week 21, Man United against Wolves, which again, I mean, Wolves' game against, uh, was it Watford, um, has been called off uh, or was called off on, on Boxing Day. And again, this game, may not even go ahead because, of course, Wolves' game midweek was called off as well. So they may not even be able to play against Man United because of how quickly these these, these fixtures are, are coming up. So we'll have to wait and see uh, whether or not Watford and United go ahead. I think it would be funny if that game got called off due to Wolves not being able to field a, a side and you know people being heavily invested in the likes of, of Ronaldo and, and maybe uh, a a Manchester United midfielder as well. So I think that, that would be funny if that got, got called off and, and scuppered a lot of people's plans. Um, again, this is all all that we know at the moment is that Game Week 21 doesn't have any doubles. We think that there may be some, but we don't have any confirmation. I think you and I are both certainly looking forward to the Chelsea versus Liverpool game. You as a Chelsea fan, what are you expecting out of that game? I'm expecting that Chelsea pull out of miraculous victory from nowhere um, you're right Lukaku's back and he's looking quite good he's got he got a goal and assist in his first 45 minutes he got a goal yesterday he's looking pretty fire but Liverpool's weakness as we saw this weekend is playing against teams that look that they look like they're just going to thrash so we all thought oh, Leicester have got 15,000 injuries they've got no fit players in any position surely Liverpool will walk all over them not to be the case and I suspect the same here Chelsea look so down and out. They look so rubbish. They've got no fit wing backs. They've got no midfielders and they can't, I don't think they even can recall Gallagher and Gilmore. Although I think the truth is that Norwich fans are saying that Gilmore has been quite poor this season. Um, whereas Gallagher hasn't been poor this season. They they have no, they have no fit players in any position. I'm confident Chelsea will win it 3-0. It's as simple as that, Jack. It's as easy as that. The the the, the less fit your players are, the less the more the more in trouble you look when you go and play Liverpool, 
the um, the more likely you are to beat them. So yeah, I'm, I'm saying easy game, probably too easy for Chelsea. We'll, we'll watch that game and we'll walk away from it and we'll say, gosh, do we even want to triple captain Jota in game week 22? That's how easy it'll be for Chelsea, um, in my completely unbiased, <laughs> neutral opinion. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. If, if that's where you want to hedge your bets this week, then yeah, go for it. I mean, I am a bit unsure as to whether or not I'm going to captain Salah this week. I think uh, certainly this week, it feels like the first week in... in a long old time where it's been a difficult captaincy decision because, of course, a lot of the bigger teams in in the league are playing against each other. So it does feel a bit more difficult to try and predict who is going to be the best performer out of the lot. I think that the safe bet would be to obviously stick the armband on the likes of Salah. I think, you know, looking at other other teams, I think that there is an outside shot for maybe the likes of Hyungin Son, being a, a popular captain option, the likes of Harry Kane as well could be popular. I know that Ronaldo um, may be a popular pick at home to Wolves, but again, A, we don't know if that game's still going to go ahead. B, Man United and Ronaldo haven't haven't lit the world on fire recently in terms of their goal-scoring exploits. So I think it's a bit more difficult than a lot of people want to think it is. The armband for me is, is currently on Salah. Um, again, just purely because I haven't changed the the, the armband uh, and I haven't made any changes to my team. I would like to say that maybe as an outside punt, it could go to the likes of Hyun Min Son when I inevitably bring him in. Um, is it as easy a decision for you as it is a difficult one for me or, or are you just uh, Salah all the way? Oh, Jack, I'm Salah all the way. I think I'd love to go wild here. I, I think if I'm going to captain anyone that isn't Salah, I'm going to captain Ollie Watkins and pray for a double game week for Aston Villa because it looks looks semi-likely. Um, and it could be that if Aston Villa are guaranteed to have a double game week, I might even think about it. I might even think about it and go for the Ollie Watkins captain because this is one of those few game weeks where people don't own Salah, people are shipping him out. Everyone does have tough fixtures. So I think it's an opportunity to be wild as 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 you want with your with your double cap with your double captain with your captain, and um, I'm saying it now. I'm saying it now, and I'm committing to it. I will strongly consider Ollie Watkins as a captain if Aston Villa have a confirmed double game week before the deadline. Otherwise, it's just staying on Salah. Haven't even considered Son because because Spurs are still shaky. Still got a new manager. And they showed against Southampton that even against 10 men for quite a long time in the game, um, their attack isn't as fluid and isn't as reliable as as you'd want from a captaincy, especially when they're playing against a Watford team who look... Well, actually, I don't know. I was going to say Watford look like the sort of team who can defend well at times, but they just shipped four goals to West Ham. Um, although everyone ships four goals to West Ham. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for me, it's, it's Salah or potentially Ollie Watkins if I'm feeling really rogue um, come the morning. Yeah, you know what? I completely overlooked the fact that Ollie Watkins could have a potential double game week in, in 21 and not in 22. So I, I think that that shower, if, again, as you say, information permitting, as it were, if we do get news of Aston Villa having a confirmed double game week in game week 21. I mean, it could be, as you say, it could be, you know, Brentford away and then Burnley at home or Leeds away. 
Uh, I think two, you know, having two away games is, is never easy. But going going up against you know a Brentford side who they they were good defensively at, at Man uh, when they played Man City last night, but they didn't light the world on fire. Um, and and certainly that that Villa side as well. You know, having a having a break. Um, you know, I think Gerard was going to be was going to miss the game, um, and I think that maybe he'll be back uh, and and in charge uh, on the touchline for the game against Brentford. Um, so, you know, having him back there as well. I mean, they, they you can definitely see the impact that Gerard's having on that side at the moment. And you know, as as you say, anyone from or the player that I would want to have from Aston Villa would be Ollie Watkins. I do have Watkins and, and Martinez in a similar vein to you. So it's not a bad shout. It's not a bad shout for captaincy if we do, of course, get a confirmed double in, in 21 for Aston Villa because then, again, it could be, well, it will be, I, I think, a, a massive differential pick as well because I think a lot of people were selling Ollie Watkins due to the fact that he didn't have a game um, in, in the midweek. So very interesting. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Although, as I say, one of their one of their postponed games is Leeds so you know Leeds uh, out with Covid and, and who knows if that's going to be rescheduled but a game against Burnley at home certainly does sound very juicy indeed that's right that's right <laughs> I think that that's where we're going to end it Nick I think that it's been you know it's been a an okay podcast we've had a good little bit of a break over Christmas as well I think a, a well-earned break a well-deserved break and you know we're sort of a rip-roaring and ready to go to tackle the second half of the season with our you know our, our, our additional free hit our wild card intact and of course our bench boost our triple captain and uh yeah we'll we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see how the second half of the season unfolds i am very much set on a uh, a top 50k finish for for this season as well bust that bench <laughs>